Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insight Series. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today as our guest, we have Gaidar Magdanurov, who is Chief Marketing Officer at Acronis. Gaidar, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Jeff. Pleasure to have you. So we were talking about a lot of fun stuff before the interview started. Uh, one of the last things that you told me was your, you almost have your pilot's license. Yeah, I'm working on it. So, you know, I don't have a lot of time to, to actually spend enough time on my taking my flight lessons. So it's taking, taking a while. So I'm looking probably May next year to get it and then I'll be flying around with my family. So what's harder, learning how to fly a plane or figuring out how to be a great marketer, <laughs> especially with all this technology? You know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of different, but I think there are a lot of things that are similar. So what's difficult about flying a plane is that you have to do many things at the same time. So you're controlling the yawk, the rudders, you're looking at the instruments, you're scanning for traffic. So you're doing a lot of things at the same time. And if you are not giving attention to all of those things together, you may die. So in marketing, it's you know, slightly different. If you're not paying attention to something, you may lose your job, at least you're not dying. But at the end of the day, um, the thing is that you have to be able to look at many things at the same time, not hyper-focusing on one thing, otherwise you fail at your job. That's a good perspective. Yeah, we, we try and tell our customers a lot that, hey, look, no one's gonna die here. So now I can really <laughs> tell them that, hey, listen, uh, go talk to Guidar. He flies planes. You could really die doing that. You're not going to die just sending out a bad email. Um, but but all that being said, because uh, you've been doing this for a while now, and do you think that marketing's gotten harder over the years? I would say it's it's gotten different. So the harder part, I would say, is connected. That there is definitely more competition, especially in this super connected IT world. You're competing with everybody. And everybody has access to the same tools. And tools are replacing a lot of work that used to be like hardcore marketing expertise. So for example, in the past you do customer segmentation. You have some very wise guy who's looking at your customer segments, selecting the groups of customers, and then coming up with some messages. Now we can have an AI-based system that will send different messages to different types of customers. And based on the responses, it will automatically segment the customers for the future campaign. So you don't even have to do anything with that. And what I'm seeing now, especially using, the, using those um, uh, automation tools, is that sometimes you cannot even control it. So the system decides who's getting what kind of message, what kind of cadence, and you are not in control of your nurturings anymore. It's not like that you design it and it just works. It actually just the content you add there and then the system decides if we are showing it to the particular role in the company, or we're not showing to a particular role in the company. So from that perspective, marketing is definitely getting harder because there's more competition, but at the same time, it's getting more interesting because you, instead of just doing this day-to-day -day job of trying to figure out things, you can be very creative and come up with new ideas. And if you really want to compete and, and fight against competition, you have to come up with some, something new. So. I would say it's both harder and more interesting. So do you think that, and it's interesting, I mean, there's, I, I see some parallels there, right? If, if machines can start to do the segmentation, the analysis, figure out what offer to send, it's in a lot of ways what happens to manufacturing jobs, right? With robotics and, and automation. So are people's, are marketers' jobs in jeopardy or are they just changing or both? I think they are changing. 
So in the past, we have different roles and, and people would be specializing in one segment or one special field of marketing. But now everybody should be a generalist. You have to understand what are the other things that are happening around you. So you cannot be just a PR person, a communications person, analyst relationship person, internal communication. You have to understand the tools, the other parts of marketing, and how can you contribute to those parts of marketing. Machines will take control over the simple things. So marketing operations will be easier. Segmentation will be easier. Uh, testing messages, testing websites is much easier now. But coming up with new ideas, um, that requires a, like a broad vision towards what is happening around. So every person in marketing should be very much alert about what's going on on the market and within the organization and extremely detail oriented towards what is um, what is the current task and what are the achievements that we, we're working towards. So I, I believe that uh, from, from, from this perspective, machines will definitely replace some of the functions and the people who will be relevant to the market will be the people who know different functions and who are who know what's going on behind this black box of uh, AI working for marketing. That's that's a very good insight. So, you know, customer experience, everyone talks about that now. I mean, not that it's new or anything, right? Having <laughs> customer experience has been important for a while, but um, how do you truly deliver? a good customer experience and make it operational, right? I mean, it, it, what company is not going to say they don't want to put their customer first, but then to actually make that happen through all your channels and touch points and communications and reinforce your brand and deliver something that's authentic. How do you go about doing that? You know, my personal opinion is the, the most complicated thing in marketing because what we see a lot of people in marketing, they tend to look at any problem from their own perspective. So we love our, pro love our product, we know everything about our product, and we're trying to push all the information about the product towards the customer. But customer may not be even ready to accept that information. And I cannot say that we're doing the best job with that. We're constantly striving to improve. But the way we're doing that is we are trying to look at anything we do from the customer perspective. So when we think about Acronis marketing, it's basically about getting customers to be informed and educated. So we're thinking, okay, what can we give to a customer so that will be interesting and useful for them, even if they're not going to buy our solution or choose our solution for a particular project, but how can we educate them about something? And if they bought the product and they're way, way down the customer life cycle, they already bought the product, a very loyal customer, how can we keep them interested in our product? And our market is a little bit challenging because people pay us money not to see our software because we are about data protection, we're actually about cyber protection. So if you don't see Acronis, it means that everything's great, nothing happens on your system. So in our case, uh, less people use our product, the better. But at the same time, this is a challenge because you have to explain people why there's still value in the product. How can we optimize their business processes or help them to store more data or protect data or share data? So do something useful for the business. So the only way for us to solve this problem is to constantly think about it from a perspective. What would I do if I would be in the customer's shoes? And to do that, we're just talking to customers. So I'm a, as a CMO, or how we call it an Acronis AMO, Acronis Marketing Officer. We, I, I talk with customers all the time. So my goal is to have at least one conversation with customer per day, sometimes more than one, 
So I'm constantly talking to customers of different products and collecting feedback on how they perceive our corners and how they perceive our products. What are the current issues? And quite often I see that we're totally happy, everything great, you have the best product in the world, we would like to recommend you, but it seems like we're not getting enough information from you about where are you heading, what are you doing, what is your strategy, what is your vision. So that tells me that we should be more open and communicate to customers about what we see will happen in the future. I love that. So in addition to that, have you gotten any key insights by talking to your customers over the last year that you might not have known if you didn't reach out? Actually, almost every time I talk to customers, I learn something new. Uh, at least if I if I heard something interesting from a customer, I would ask multiple other customers. And my own rule is like rule of 20. So I need to speak at least to 20 customers to confirm that this is something that they see. And I, I got a lot of insights so from our particular industry uh, and, and, and with global companies who are present in different countries and in different countries, the IT market is slightly different. But if, if we talk specifically about the US market, what I was hearing about customers specifically in the context of data storage, data protection, uh, backup, uh, the customer thinking about how to use the data to drive value for the business. So it's not just having a copy of your data, um, accessible copy that you can quickly use to recover so you're not losing time and money, but it's rather how can we also use that copy to deliver value? Meaning that I have data that is not on my production system, it's somewhere else. So why don't I use it to analyze it? Because I don't have to interact with my production system. I can do anything on my cold storage. So customers are looking towards that direction. What other value we can get from the copy of, of the data. Interesting. So and now how do you, once you get the feedback, so is it just you talking to the customers or do you have other people on your team and within sales and within product also talking with the customer? Uh, yeah, I encourage everybody to talk about, uh, about our products with customers, partners all the time. So it's me and my team, a lot of people in my team talking to customers. Every time I hear something interesting, I will pull somebody from a specific department, get them on the call together with me. I will get product management or uh, salespeople, depending on um, on the function that can contribute to the particular conversation. And in our company, we encourage everybody to stay in touch with customers. So product management, product development team, marketing team, sales team, even backend team, finance team talking to customers. I love that. So if you look at your whole mix of marketing programs and campaigns, how much is weighted towards net new, the top of funnel, and then how much is geared towards lifecycle marketing, like onboarding and loyalty and advocacy, and et cetera? I'd say that it is changing because uh, we were changing the strategy of the company dramatically. Uh, we, we started as uh, typical software company selling box products, uh, and now we transition towards the cloud company where we deliver a platform for service providers, and then they in turn uh, deliver the services to customers. So last year or this year, I was fo uh, my focus was on working with the existing customer base. So it was bottom of the funnel, people who already interested in our solutions, or even our existing customers, and the idea was to move them towards the solution that is better for them, solution that they can get through service providers. Because there's a win-win situation, they're buying the solution from service providers, service providers can offer better pricing because they buying hardware in bulk so they can offer lower cost, uh, lower total cost of ownership to the end customer. 
and for the customer using the so software on a subscription model, they don't have to pay upfront and they can scale as you go. So this is a win-win situation. So we're working with those customers to to drive them towards the service provi provider channel. Uh, and the next year, I'm changing my focus towards the acquisition of new customers. And I would say that the split will be about 50-50, 50% towards the net new customer acquisition and 50% on existing customer lifecycle. And the situation is that we have a lot of customers. We serve more than 500,000 businesses around the world. And a lot of them are still on the kind of older platform or perpetual software that they use. And our goal is to get them towards the cloud model and service provider model and building that channel. So that's why I still have a significant amount of time. Look at all the companies that's worked for, right? Adobe, Oracle, uh, SAP. You know, as these companies move to the cloud, it's uh, it's good for everybody, right? I mean, it's good for the customer, certainly. It's just, it's good business, for sure. Um, yeah. How are you measured? So what, what is your boss hold you and your team accountable for? So I have three major, major goals. Uh, one is definitely the pipeline. I will look at the marketing sourced pipeline and marketing influence pipeline. And the metrics may be a bit complicated and sophisticated, but in reality, it's just how many leads did we drive, how many opportunities we created, and then how many opportunities we influenced in different ways. So it can be supersizing the deal, helping sales to shorten the cycle, or just um, allowing sales to upsell or cross-sell to, to a particular customer. So pipeline is one metric. The second important metric for us, because we are a partner-driven company, most of our businesses are closed through partners. And one of my metrics is driving business through partners in the way that our sales are not involved. We call it run rate business, that happening without our sales team attention. And that's the second thing that is important for us. And the third one is, of course, brand awareness. And that we measure through surveys, through mentions, reviews in the media, through customer feedbacks, uh, social media, and stuff like that. Good stuff. And do you drive those metrics down through your team? So are they held, for, held responsible for the same things as well? Yeah. So the way we do uh, uh, setting target, we execute setting targets in our company. We have executive level scorecard with a number of metrics that are influencing the business. So almost every exec, actually every executive contribute to all of the metrics, but some of, of those metrics are more marketing driven. So those metrics are my responsibility. And then I'm cascading it down. And when I set targets to the people one level for me, what, what I'm doing is I'm looking at the two sets of metrics. There's always a volume metric, so the number that should be growing, and then the quality metric. So let's say if it's a pipeline, there should be conversion rate. If it's organic traffic to the website, again, conversion rate. If it's trials, then it's activation rate. So every time there's volume metric and the quality metric that is assigned to it. And then all the targets that coming down to people in my organization, they all kind of assemble in the, the same scorecard that I would use to represent to executive team. So everybody somehow contributes to the end result. Excellent. Well, uh, a, lot, a lot of great things going on over there. Um, thank you so much for being on the program today. And thank you. Good luck with that pilot license. I think that's, that's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I recommend it to every marketing person. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just squeeze it in <laughs> in between all the other craziness we got going on. But yeah, I love it. You know, the way I find time for it is basically I wake up like 5 a.m. in the morning. I go to the airport. I fly for an hour. 
probably once or twice a week. And I drive to the office, so I show up early, and at the same time I had an hour in, so it's pretty good. The only problem is New England weather. It usually gets me all the time. Good way to clear the head. I mean, most of us just go for a cup of coffee. You're like, no, I'll just, I'll just go fly my plane. That's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you, Guy. I really appreciate it.